Hi, I'm Youngmi Mayer. And I'm Brian Park. And we're your hosts of Feeling Asian, a podcast where two Asians talk about their feelings. We explore and process our experiences with sex, dating, survival, self-worth, and everything in between. We also invite guests to talk about their own experiences, too. Some recent ones include Michelle Zahner of Japanese Breakfast, Ki Kwan... Bowen Yang, and the list goes on and on. Feeling Asian has had a pretty exciting year so far after being named a top podcast of 2021 by CNN and being featured on Apple and Spotify's homepages. We hope the podcast is creating a compassionate space for Asians, Asian Americans, and Asians in America to be themselves without feeling as if their time is a fleeting moment. Tune into Feeling Asian every Wednesday for new episodes. What's up, y'all? I'm Amanda Seals, and listen, I get it. We're in some serious times, so I think some of y'all forgot I'm a comic. She had them jokes. I mean, you forgot I had a whole HBO comedy special. I you forgot I showed love to how black women give compliments. Okay, polka dots. And threw shade to how white women move in corporate America. Stop CCing all these unnecessary people on these goddamn I get it. We've been cooped up for a long time. That's why the Amanda Seals Black Outside Again Comedy Tour is coming to a city near you. Go to amandaseals.com today and get your tickets so we can laugh and learn our way through this madness together. How black am I gonna have to get? It's a good show. He's on the mic. She's on her phone. You're listening to Mormon and the Myth. <laughs> If you put a Mormon and a Meth head together, this is what they sound like. Aaron Woodall and Jessica Reed are friends. Listen to them talking to Mike. Mormon and the Meth head. Mormon and the Meth head. Mormon and the Meth So up right now uh, is our most recent appearance on This Week in Sex podcast. We've been on it before. We had a great time. We're coming back on it again. Had an even better time. (laughs) For different reasons. For different. This was the craziest podcast we had ever been on. It uh, was awkward and tense and hilarious. So many levels of awkward that you don't usually get this many types of awkward, but this one had it all. This had one all. had other people's relationship awkwardness. This oh. one had drunken intervention awkwardness. Yeah. This one had a narcissistic psychic. <laughs> this had uh, homophobia, anti-Semitism. <laughs> Just, just volume issues. <laughs> just you, you ever had just like volume awkwardness? Uh, you ever watched a sound guy just rethink all of his life decisions <laughs> while the podcast was being recorded? He, he was like wringing so his hands. He, he was so, so upset. He was listening to all this stuff. Like, there's no way. There's no way I'll ever get through this. But somehow he did. And he released the episode. So you guys can check it out. Uh, we, The first time we went there, I mean, they do a sex scene podcast. And they record in two pretty cool places. The first time we went there was like 
a fancy ass strip club, like a high end strip club, like vel- red velvet spiral staircase to go upstairs is weird. This was not that. This was a <laughs> sex dungeon. And we didn't really know. I mean, I think he told us that, but I didn't know what that meant. I wasn't thinking about it. I had just I think bombed he said my sex club, and then we walk in, and it's like uh, has the lighting of a sex club. I would, but I, in my mind, I was imagining something like the last place we were at, right. which had like bouncers in suits at every step of the way, and red velvet ropes. They let you upstairs and whatnot, and uh, then uh, uh, we just like got out of our Uber and like just see a door ajar. Uh, which is uh, never like a great sign, yeah. but like you pushed it open and it's just dark and there's just stairs that go down into further darkness. And then when you get down to the stairs and you're like, hello, <laughs> Alan, <laughs> and you just hear the echoes of your own voice into like sex corridors. And there's like dimly lit mannequins that are peeking at you from different yeah. rooms. It was, uh, it set a set a uh well it set the tone for yeah. the evening it's uh there were no people fucking in all the rooms which was nice uh, for less sound issues yes on the, the podcast um the room that we were in i would assume was a group sex room or a rest room but according to one of the people in the room who were not a guest we <laughs> We're not a planned guest. This, this, hey, just so you know, <laughs> imagine just sitting and like talking, and then just you hear a voice. Hey, did you know this room is where all the homosexuality happens? And we're all in multiple different conversations, just slams the brakes on, on the entire room, and we're like, all just like, what? What? Uh, ga- what? It's a gay, it's gay sex. Homosexual sex happens in here. We're like, okay. And then I remember you challenged him. I challenged you were him like, wait a second. I was just like, that doesn't sound like a sex. I don't think a sex club segregates into different rooms. You know, I feel like it's, uh, there's no rules in this place. There's like you, anything goes except all gays in that room. <laughs> <laughs> Who, who's buying membership of that club? Uh, also, aren't we all here for gay sex? Um, while he yelled that out, I was talking to the medium. They had a medium um, on our episode. No, we they didn't. <laughs> That's not what she was. <laughs> she was a was a crossword helper. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I remember her saying, at least. <laughs> She got called a medium so many times, and every time we'd be like, I'm a crossroads healer. Jangle, jangle, bracelet, jangle. Just like fucking, I've never heard of that. Um, she's psychic or whatever, allegedly. I don't know how you can be that uh, egotistical and also arrogant, narcissistic, and also insecure. hear anything in the ether beyond your buzzing ego. But I tried to have a conversation with her that I would have with other people who believe in that sort of thing. And usually there's a quick bond where we understand we're speaking the same language. And Andres had come with us, which I was so excited about that he was here for this shit show. 
And I scooched up to the lady and tried to like speak her language. And I was like, so how long have you known? And she was like, when you're like me, it just, she said the same thing on the podcast, you know, from birth. <laughs> she just, and then she would just, she said so many things all night long. And and never anything ever. Never. It was so much word salad. It was all very. If you put Donald Trump in a in a floral dress with a, a bangly bracelet, and if Donald Trump had read like two articles on uh, like the Awakening on the internet, <laughs> and then decided he was going to become an oracle. That's how she talked. A she, Bruce. It's not saying. I'm not saying she was a bruised. <laughs> This woman, this woman said, this woman said <laughs> that in, while talking about being a, sexually abused as a kid, she was like, yeah, like, that's not as big, that big of a deal. <laughs> sex is sex, you know, that's, that's natural. And we were like, what? <laughs> what? Because for con- for con- she give her the context. Give her the she con- didn't want to admit that she got something wrong. So she would make these very bold claims. And like, you know, I love this kind of stuff. I love oracles. I love Karen Rontowski. I love the way that she reads stuff. Karen will put it down on the table and let you pick it up, which is how you're supposed to do it. She would be like, your left ear hurts. And then when you would say, no, my left ear doesn't hurt. She's like, I didn't mean your ear ear. I <laughs> meant your leg yeah. ear. And yeah. it's like, what? You're like, what? You're like, uh, well, uh, okay. So so she says at one She's point that, that this that so- girl had some traumatic uh, event uh, happened to her and you know she needs to forgive that uh, somebody and she needs to know that it wasn't her fault and then uh, and the vibe is 100% sexual abuse <laughs> she's so like you're like you know you something happened uh, when you were this age and it's okay you're not to blame you're not at fault you need to let go of that you need to forgive in order to to really heal or something and then when like uh, the co Alan is like so Keanu is any of that like ring true like was there something at that age that was really traumatic and when as soon as as Keanu starts backing off, as soon as Keanu's like, uh, I mean, like, not really. And then immediately this woman come back and like, hey, wow, well, you know, I, uh, you know, she knows what I'm talking about, but maybe she doesn't want to say it out loud, you know. But she knows. But I'm not saying that she was abused in any <laughs> way. It was a it was a heart trauma, you know, a heart trauma. A heart trauma like a is, breakup can be, could be can worse. be way worse, way worse than sexual abuse because sex is sex, you know, and that <laughs> and you that happens and you get over it. And we we're like, what? <laughs> Did you just say you get over it about like kids getting raped? Like, you know, you know, sex is just sex and all kids know that inherently. Like five-year-olds just get it when they're, when their mom touches them inappropriately. Five-year-olds are just like, you know, sex, just sex. And I don't have any weird hangups about this at all. I'm really glad I didn't get my heart broken. (laughs) That I might not have been able to recover from. What? What? <laughs> That's just half of it. <laughs> she did it all night. Oh, it's the best ep- it's, it's the best podcast I've ever. We listened to it. I've never listened to a podcast I was on. Yeah. And we listened to it. It's so good. And then And then uh Keanu's boyfriend drunkenly steals a microphone 
and hijacks the show. Just turns it into something totally different. Uh, like the woman is doing a tarot reading for Alan and she says some things about Alan not following his dreams and like how he like is like a self-defeatist and maybe also talked about a poverty mentality. This dude grabs the mic and like in agreement starts just screaming, yeah, stop saying sorry all the time. And you're like, that's, I don't think she said that ever, but he really wants Alan to stop saying sorry for things. And he's just screaming it into the microphone, screaming about it. And I was like, I'm not sure if this is the best way to give Alan more confidence and like make him more sure of himself, but to, but to surprise him at his own podcast. But just, you don't believe in yourself. Stop turning right at the finish line. But his, his version of self-sabotage was apologizing. Yeah. She was like, you self-sabotage. She's like, you're right. You do self-sabotage. Stop saying you're sorry, which he had not done once. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, he also only called the the the, 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 the crossroads uh, healer. Never got called anything. She, she she either got called medium, and when she wasn't being called medium, she was being called that tarot bitch. <laughs> this dude was screaming. That's what that tarot bitch said. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I respect women. No homo. What? What? Do you want to hear my Bill Burr impression? What's happening? Oh. Holy fuck. And then I don't think we should spoil it, uh, but uh, then it gets pretty great. They get, we, yeah, uh, there gets, there's like another level deeper when, and that's like really the payoff at the end of the, <laughs> at the end of the episode when, uh, like, there's, there's this whole relationship, uh, part that happens. Oh. Just like, just a weird foursome between Keanu, her boyfriend, Alan, and Keanu's mom. <laughs> it's just this weird. <laughs> emotional square and uh, uh the oracle helped us out with it oh my god he was like at one point he was like uh i asked the oracle I was like do you do you see this lasting more than a month <laughs> bro are you gonna get through tonight what holy shit uh and then uh yeah keanu said that she uh, thinks my grandchildren are really cute. And in that moment, I realized, do people know those are my kids? Like, <laughs> that those are my actual children? When you, yeah, when you guys see Lilith and Phoenix on uh, on her stories, it's very important her to her that you know. That I don't have a nine-year-old grandchild. Yeah. Oh, fuck, that was such a fun I felt like we were going to be getting more listeners for Alan, but I feel like we uh, we just recapped it too well. <laughs> no, no, it's need. worth it. It's so worth it. Wait, if, imagine that story, but uh, way longer and with a lot more jangles in the background. <laughs> <laughs> and that's uh, it. Just the, the way that the woman backpedals out of everything that she says at one point she's talking about our relationship and then when aaron's like no that's not true she's like i'm talking about sex because this is a sex podcast it's like you haven't talked about sex once. yeah the arrogance in her voice when she was like uh this is a sex podcast so i don't know why you would assume i was just talking about the relationship that i was talking about <laughs> like wow yeah i don't know man uh, whatever anyway have us on your podcast we promise we won't uh shit on it <laughs> on, 
<laughs> we love Alan and Keanu. We like their podcast. The first time we were on there, we uh, told the story of our first threesome, and it was uh, sexy. And uh, I think we're definitely getting asked to go back on. <laughs> yeah, because then this time they were like, if you had more threesomes, and we were like, yeah, and uh, we could talk about them, or this lady could throw down some cards that she never learned how to read dude, dude she just when she taught everything out of her mouth was like something she thought was so profound <laughs> and was just not like when she talked about uh drugs she's like let me tell you what i what thing about drugs <laughs> she was like here's what I, I tried coke one time here's what i found out i was like oh i get it i get it you get numb you're numb your problems go away i get that here's the thing though when it wears off your problems are still there. Like what? <laughs> what are the Nancy Did you forget Reagan? to list Dare Counselor as one of your fifteen occupations? Guys, at the beginning, she just was like throw like she was one of those people that like if you said anything, she was like I do that too. She's like a one upper. Yeah, she was just like listing all these different jobs she has, and then later she was like I have no insecurities whatsoever, and I was like you're not. Like dropping your LinkedIn profile <laughs> into the middle of conversations because you're super secure. Oh, fuck. Anyway, guys, uh, we're sorry for being so bitchy, <laughs> but it's it was fun. It was fantastic. We love the hosts of that podcast, and uh, uh, her boyfriend seemed like a nice boy. Um, we are in fucking Nashville. We are in. Fucking Nashville. Wait, should I have done the promo, the advertisement intro? Oh, sorry. Should I? Is this a good spot? It's a good spot. And now a word from our sponsors. Oh, what? Want to know how to combat crow's feet, laugh lines, jowls, and saggy skin? Reverse the signs of aging with Dermawan Pro. Join millions of people like Julie who saw a dramatic improvement with this anti-aging device. My skin is better now at age 53 than when I was 33 years old. Dermawan Pro is clinically proven to reduce the appearance of fine lines, wrinkles, and improve skin texture in minutes a day. Get 20% off Dermawan Pro when you use promo code SKIN20. That's Dermawan Pro promo code SKIN20 and free gifts and shipping with purchase. Dermawan.com promo code SKIN20. Guys, did you, that was our very first sponsor ever. We had and to sell out. I can't, I love, I can't wait to sell out, man. I've been dying to sell out. I'll sell out every fucking week, dude. All right, can I give my way too early reaction to the Star Wars teaser trailer? Why is it too early? I, well, well, you're right. It's not too early for a react. I just don't, I typically think people that react to to teasers that's like just in general too early like oh, you're, gotcha. you're making a lot of uh statements and opinions about a film that is still so far we have we've seen like 45 seconds of and that's it teaser trailers are supposed to be nonsense right you don't know, understand what any of it's about like fx used to do teaser trailers that would just be there would be no sound and it would just be something so random and ridiculous you wouldn't know what it was about. Is that mm. the point of a teaser trailer for Not Star really. Wars? Not really. That sounds nothing. like a, that's, I mean, it sounds like what you're describing is like a really cool ad campaign. Yeah. Uh, a teaser in, is, in essence, you're right. It's supposed to be less about a movie than an actual trailer. Like you're not supposed to know a ton about it, but in this day and age of trailers, it's way different and some teasers give away a ton of stuff already. But I think in a traditional sense, teaser is pretty short. Just lets you know that a movie's coming out, you know? It gets your interest peaked a little bit. And then the first trailer 
gives you a much better idea of like what that movie's going to be like. So yeah. all we have are a cool couple sequences, some beautiful shots, and this uh, narration and the fucking name of the movie, which is garbage. The, what the, is it? The Rise of Skywalker. The Rise of Sky... Here's Just here's my prompt. Okay. The last Star Wars was the greatest fucking Star Wars. The Last Jedi was amazing. My boy, Ryan Johnson, made a Star Wars masterpiece while also shitting on all of Star Wars at the same time. And it was masterful. Mwah. Mwah. He was like, oh, did you like this about Star Wars? Fuck you. That's dumb. And I was like, yeah, get him. Are man. we talking about writers or directors here? This guy's a writer and director. Okay, because you'd have to be the writer, really, yeah. is... Well, who's I, changing the story, right? Mm -hmm. So in, in The Last Jedi, they made a lot of bold leaps and a lot of fans were really mad. And now they're, they're, their director quit. They had to get a new director. They went back to J.J. Abrams, who already made the safest, dumbest Star Wars in Star Wars history. And we had like... I was okay with it though because The Last Jedi was so good because you had like this thing that was so old school Star Wars and this was like we're new and we're different and we're going to do things different. And one of the key points of that movie was establishing that Rey's lineage is nobody famous. She's not a Skywalker. She's not a Kenobi. All your dumb fanboy theories are stupid. We're done with the Skywalkers. The Jedi, we're done with the Jedi. The Jedi are dumb. And guess what? They always have been dumb, Jessa. And it's about time Star Wars admitted that. This is great. And now I feel like J.J. Abrams is going to undo every cool thing that Ryan Johnson did in The Last Jedi. Like, it seems... I. The, the end of well, the teaser is Emperor Palpatine laughing. Like, what the fuck are they doing? Which one was more popular in the box office? That's a great question. I'm not exactly sure. They because both made why it. wouldn't they give it to Ryan? Uh, I Ryan, I don't think Ryan wanted to do another one, and I uh, I think that because uh, the fanboys were uh, babies about the last one, right? Yes, they were. It is like really controversial, volatile babies. So I don't. I think and Disney wants to play everything safe, and they want to protect the franchise. They don't, you know, they don't want to get too crazy. So they're. Uh, being the being scared again. Gross. Yeah, very, very Pussies. gross. Pussies. But again, it's just a teaser, and maybe I'm reacting like this for nothing because uh, who knows? Who knows? I used to love. I've I've loved JJ's other movies. I don't like dislike. Who is Emperor Putin? Palpatine. Palpatine. Emperor Putin. <laughs> Uh, Emperor Palpatine is like the big bad from the original trilogy and they have his laugh at the end right after L L like Luke Skywalker's voice talks about how like no one's ever really gone and uh, like I just I don't fucking get it and I'm gonna be so mad if they if if people are getting resurrected and brought back what if the message is that we never die we are just hopping time jumping from body to body and that there is no afterlife we are just bouncing from body to body and that was the message in that well yeah what if that would be cool i'd be i'd be okay with the movie then. i don't think the movie would be about that but i thought when i heard that line i thought hmm mm, i've been thinking oh, a lot about jumping about dimensional jumping the yeah. message 
Yeah. Jessa, uh, of course, referring to uh, the message that is in that is hidden in every single piece of media. There's there is one. Look for it. Find it. It said something, something. Nobody has ever gone. And I've just been thinking a lot about um, jumping into different bodies and different timelines and walk-ins and uh, reality transurfing, which we never talked about on the podcast. And uh, when I heard that line in the preview, I thought, oh, I wonder if that line means that there is no afterlife and we are just hopping from person to person. Anyway. Well, I don't know what happened. I don't know who If you're a that. Jedi in their Star Wars universe, there's some kind of ghost afterlife. I don't know. Like your force, your life force continues on just in the in force form. And is that and when they become like holograms and yeah. talk to people? Sometimes okay. they could show up like holograms and through their force powers, I believe. So the, la- the last Jedi was fucking rad man it just sounds like a way to bring luke skywalker back into the thing why would it be called the rise of skywalker like never we've never have we ever had a star wars movie that had a uh someone's name in it phantom menace attack of the clones uh revenge of the sith a new hope empire strikes back return of the jedi the force away like these like was he the only skywalker there's leia there, uh, she's in the preview. Yeah, which what are they gonna? I'm interested to see what happens. She was the script. They had the script had to be seriously reworked because Carrie Fisher was supposed to play a major role. Can't in they the just movie. do whatever they want now and deep fake your face? For a whole movie would be hard, I believe. Uh, but like, did you see like the end of Rogue One? They have like a CGI young Carrie Fisher, and I yeah. I was blown away by that effect. I was yeah, like, whoa. Scary. Wow. And then the day the day after I saw that, uh, she died. Like I saw the, the news the next day that Carrie Fisher was dead. And I was like, no way. I was just looking at young Carrie Fisher's face last night. And like I was going home talking about Carrie Fisher. And then she was dead the next day. I felt sad. Still, I've still yet to find a celebrity death that like really moves me. I've Do never... Do you know now what it would be? I don't know who it would be, man. I can't like... Do you know who mine would be? <laughs> you know, <laughs> who do I, who does it seem like I love? I just mean like when an artist dies, when a musician or a comedian or like actor dies, you see a lot of people write about how much that person meant to them. Like when Robert Williams died, man, so many people wrote stuff like how hard it was for him to die. I just always feel like that's their way of making it about them, but I guess it's real for some. It's got to be real for some. You can read the difference. I've read a few. There's some where it's just like clearly about you. And there's some that are like heartfelt sweet stories. Yeah. And you're like. I'm just uh, being a bitch. He got, he got me through cancer or something like that. And you're like, oh, yeah. But um, I don't know. I don't know no, who would have to die in order for me to shed a tear. Donald Glover. That would be weird. That would be sad. Taken so soon, when he's so so young and so talented, so much great work ahead of him. I wouldn't write a Facebook post though. I don't know. Would you write a Facebook post if a person you knew died? Ooh, yeah. Well, let's start ranking my friends. Who would have to die <laughs> in order for me to write something? Would I about? get a Facebook post? 
you'd get a you'd get a podcast for sure. You get a, a whole episode uh, about you for sure. That's sweet. Thank you, thank you. I try. I posted when everyone was dying the year that everyone died 2017 when all the celebrity deaths happened and then everyone was talking shit about people uh pretending to like whatever star i was just like i've been a huge elton john fan my entire life i just want that on the record when he dies <laughs> so that, so uh, that you can make your post without being attacked yep what's uh. your post going to be like for elton I'll probably just talk about how I guess that's why they call it the blues has been my favorite song since I was a kid and it was my favorite song when I was a kid because it made me a little bit horny when he talked about rolling like thunder under the covers. I said it. Oh my gosh. She said horny. It's so hard. Uh, Also, when he dies, I'm just going to write those exact words. (laughs) (laughs) Steal my thunder. Yeah. Under the steal covers. Your covers is what I'm going to steal. Uh, Jess is super excited for Rocket Man, the the Elton John biopic. That was like a little little teeny tiny teaser. Remember watching the teaser for that? Yeah, it's just short. And I can't it, wait to go see all the biopic movies with you, and then spend the next two hours only talking about our biopic. Do you remember when we went and saw Bohemian Rhapsody? And then afterwards, I was like, the one scene, the one conversation <laughs> that we had. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was funny then, and it's embarrassing to admit now. <laughs> For all, I, wasn't, I didn't think we were ever going to tell people that. It was mostly her idea. It was all me. Okay. I, Did I you got participate? In, I got into it. I got into it. Sure. Who doesn't plan out their life's movie? No one but us. Damn it. Damn it. I remember Star Wars being such a big deal to me as a kid. I watched, we had these VHS tapes that my mom had recorded the Star Wars trilogy, but like off of TV, you know? And they're just on these VHS tapes. They're on three separate tapes, but each with like a different movie, you know? Yeah. Like it's like one tape is A New Hope and The Karate Kid. And the other one is uh, Empire and Indiana Jones and stuff. So every time I was homesick, I would watch the Star Wars movies. I loved them so much. And it's like around fourth or fifth grade that the special editions were going to come out. The special editions were uh, in 97, like on the 20th anniversary of New Hope. Uh, George Lucas re-released all three out into theaters that year, but with like the new CGI and stuff and different scenes or whatever. And it was such a big deal. I remember adults talking. This is like the first movie experience that I remember as like being a big deal. It made me fall in love with movies and movie theaters. Uh, like I remember adults telling me like this guy at church told me about buying tickets to see the, a new hope 20 years ago. And he was like, I went in on the first day and there was no one in there. It was just me and a few other people in the theater. And he came back like a week later to see it again. And they, there was a line around the block to see star Wars. And it was like, and he talked about like what a huge phenomenon this was. And I felt like I was getting to tap into that phenomenon. I was getting so excited to see these movies on a big screen. And my parents like took me to nice theaters with Dolby surround sound and stuff. And it was so 
fucking cool. And then after that, they announced, you know, like the prequels are coming. Like Phantom Menace was a couple years after that, you know, and it just got us all, got all the kids hype for, for Star Wars. And I think about like, if Harry Potter's going to do something like that for like when Ethan gets to be uh, older, oh, he gets yeah. to be a tween. Like he's, he already watches the Harry Potter movies at home, like the originals. But then what if they, they reboot it? Or something. I bet there'll be like a huge mania as all the adults start telling Ethan about uh, the time they stood in line at that Barnes and Noble for the midnight release of the Goblet of Fire, and like you know, kids get all excited about it again. I think I took Nicole to a midnight release of not Borat, but what was the name? <laughs> I thought you were talking about a book. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> like a Barnes and Noble, just a Borat signing, just. At midnight, all, you and your daughters are just all. What was the line. one after Borat? Like the there was a Borat too. No, what? that guy did uh, another movie where he tricked uh, moms into letting their kids be in a photo shoot with bees. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, oh, a, it was a super vulgar movie, and Nicole was like fourteen or fifteen, <laughs> and I took her to the premiere of it and uh, felt judged by parents. God damn it! It wasn't Borat. It was midnight premiere. I think it was. We were very. It was very late. Uh, was I love midnight premieres. The last I went right before Ethan was born. Uh, I told Tabitha, I was like, I got to see one more midnight premiere before my youth is over. I have to do it. She really wanted to as well. I don't know if she'd ever really gone to as many as I did when I was younger. So that we, uh, I organized a humor you activity so that it would be free so that I could use <laughs> club fun. I was like, guys, I thought it'd be really cool. Like it's just for me and Tabitha. But then I come to the club like, guys, you know what? I think it'd be cool. A group movie night. Let's see a midnight premiere. So we saw the dark Knight rises and uh, got every, we went in a huge group and there was a bunch of midnight showings at the Provo Mall. There's a huge crowd of people. I love the energy of all these people excited to see the same movie. And uh, we had great seats and stayed up all night. And then the next day I went to work and read all about the Aurora, Colorado shooting. Uh, Jesus. And it was creepy. It was a creepy feeling. Um, so I love, I wanted to try to do this a third time. So I have like a, like all my stories are like sweet movie experiences. And then then the next day, death, I'm going to, I'm going to try to come up with a third one. (laughs) I only have the one Borat one. You never did any other midnight premieres? I, um, think I pre-ordered Twilight for her. (laughs) (laughs) Blockbuster. Dang. Um, I used to, I mean, I don't know if I would like it anymore now. I don't, and I, I'm, I'm liking seeing movies uh, more in empty theaters these days than packed theaters. But I used to love the energy of a packed theater. Oh, I hated it. I would refuse to see movies, like big movies, while they were still killing in the box office because I didn't like having to sit next to other people. And then, because Jason loved movies, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't even commit to seeing the movie until we had gotten there and confirmed <laughs> that the theater was not very full. Like if it was more than two thirds full, I was like, I'm not going to this movie. I'm out. And then, um, 
yeah, I don't like to. I don't like sitting next to strangers. I'm fine now, but I didn't like sitting next to strangers. I have to always have to pee during the movie, and I hate having to go. So sorry, so so sorry, so sorry, so sorry, so sorry, so sorry, so sorry, so sorry. past all the people. And so uh. <laughs> for me, it's I used to I used to never mind sitting next to people. I liked it, um, and now I the higher I am for the movie, the the more awful people are like just like having the like i love to get super high for certain movies it's great okay all movies yeah it's it's lovely but the like i've been wanting i got to a point where i'm like this is fun let's try getting really high right and when i did that i noticed the movie is great but like if there's if there's someone behind me it is constant anxiety the whole movie i'm just like what What was that noise what was that do they like every time they move their feet or chew popcorn i'm like i'm like focusing on all this stuff and i'm super like self-conscious about people and what they think about me in the movie like am i eating my popcorn too loud does everyone (laughs) in this theater hate me do they all wish I was eating salt? And I, but I never slow down. I'm just like, well, I'm so stoned. I'm just like, I'm just, just inhaling it. Uh, so Did you tell a story on the podcast about when you bought the popcorn while super high? Last time you went to a movie? I bought the popcorn. Oh. <laughs> to see, to see Spider-Verse one last time. I saw Spider-Verse in 3D finally manifested it for myself. <laughs> I saw Spider-Man in 3D. And it was so cool, but um, uh, my roommate and I got high and then walked into the theater and bought popcorn, and I take a handful of popcorn, and I'm just chewing it, and it's so, so hard to chew. It's so (laughs) difficult to chew. One thing I have noticed about weed is that it does make me a little bit more uh, confident, right? I say things to strangers I I normally wouldn't say. Like one time, someone was in uh, our seats, and uh, and me and Dan, and like we had perfect seats, and they were already in them. And I normally would just like say nothing and just go sit in in a different row. But I was high enough to tell a mom and her two daughters (laughs) to get the fuck out. (laughs) <laughs> because I'm going to see Alita Battle Angel from from Row G, okay? So this time I'm feel, I normally would hate to be this rude, but I was like, "Hey, excuse me, can I just I hate to sorry. I don't mean to be rude, but uh how fresh is this popcorn?" And he says, "Uh we just popped it." And I was like, "Oh, it's going to be like that?" <laughs> <laughs> really? It's going to be like that, hmm? And uh I just I couldn't believe hell like this guy was lying so much and like i can't swallow this popcorn <laughs> like i'm still working on it and just like uh what was this uh batch uh, popped and then i realized that i just had severe dry mouth from getting high <laughs> and I, I had such little saliva in my mouth that i couldn't chew popcorn so uh once again the adventures of aaron getting high at a movie theater it's funny funny the next morning i woke up and an earthquake had killed two thousand people <laughs> in uzbekistan makes you think makes you think uh and now a word from another sponsor so the dark knight rises is the one with tom hardy yes and the nurse guy the joker is the nurse 
No, no. The Joker Joker is the nurse. Uh, wonderful. <laughs> Joker is the nurse guy. You, I'm sorry. You mean Heath Ledger's Academy Award winning performance as, as Nurse as, Joker. As Nurse Joker. As Nurse Joker. No, those are two separate movies. The Dark Knight is Heath Ledger, Joker. Okay. The Dark Knight Rises is uh, Tom Hardy, Bane. Anne Hathaway, Catwoman. Oh. Yeah. I, okay. I have always thought that you were talking about the same movie. Because I remember who kidnapped a uh, old girl and put her into a... Because Bane kidnaps her and puts her into like no, a warehouse. That's, I think you're thinking of, are you, is it Maggie Gyllenhaal? Yeah. Yeah, that's the Dark Knight. That's Joker kidnaps her and uh, ties her uh, up to the oil barrels and stuff. That's Dark Knight. That's the one that I love. That's the, that's the one that I tried to get tickets to go see because Chris Nolan was doing a Q&A and it was showing in IMAX. Oh my God. All this time I thought that you loved it because it was a Tom Hardy uh, uh, movie. You I know thought that you I loved love the Bane version because I make like Bane jokes. Yeah. I just, I'm, I'm excited when you make a reference at all. I'm just like, <laughs> I just try to really support any sort of pop culture <laughs> reference that's like post 93 that comes out of your mouth. I'm like, look at that. You you know more than just Madonna trivia. <laughs> Look at you. Uh, I, I love Tom Hardy. You know that. But The Dark Knight Rises is nothing compared to The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight is this perfect movie. It was I, a very good movie. And the you, so you've face, seen that? Yeah. I saw yeah. both of them, I think. They're I just, just they thought just they were the same movie. The same, you're like, this one really long movie that I saw in two parts, three years of, uh, apart. So Batman Begins, then, is the one where he's like starts out in a party with Megan Gilly, Megan Gyllenhaal. No, that's the <laughs> that's still the Dark Knight. That's still... That's still... Maggie Gyllenhaal is only in the Dark Knight. This is a pretty good test you can run. You'd be like, what Batman movie am I watching? Is Maggie Gyllenhaal in it? That narrows it down immediately. You know it's the Dark Knight. She dies in that one, right? She does die. Okay. She does it. Rachel! Rachel! It's too late. The Dark Knight is is the movie that I missed on my mission. Came out while I was a missionary. It's the first movie I watched when I came home. Oh, you never got to see it in a theater. I never got. That's why I want to get those. Oh those that's why I wanted to get those tickets so bad. This is the second time I've tried to get tickets to a Chris Nolan screening of of Dark Knight. They sell out within. The, these tickets sold out ten minutes before they went on sale. Like I was watching the website, uh, like minute by minute. I was like, I'm not going to miss it this time. Not going to miss it this time. Oh fuck! Missed I missed it. it again. Fuck me. But. I would love to see that in a theater. I saw it the, the second I got home and it blew my mind. And then I wanted to tell everyone about it. But the only people I talk to are at church because they don't like you go to church and I'm like, guys, the dark Knight. Oh, I loved it. Was I it not rated it. R? No, it was rated PG 13, but you would not believe the fucking looks. These, these Idaho Mormons gave me when I said that I watched the dark Knight as the first movie I came home from. They're like, your first movie and i was like yeah i started with the best one yeah they're like oh i just i thought it was pretty dark and i was like night i yeah (laughs) i need (laughs) i need new friends i need (laughs) i need i need to get my records removed from this (laughs) this organization stop it it was a shelf moment yeah it was 
that was close to an R rating. Chris Nolan had to trim some stuff out to get it down to the PG-13 movie rating. It's so, oh, so good. I love it. If I could just make another way too early teaser reaction, the 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 Joker movie with yeah. Joaquin Phoenix. It just seems it looks like a like an incel Reddit uh, thread <laughs> uh, in movie form. That's that's what I'm afraid. I think it looks stylish. I think it looks cool. I think Joaquin looks like he's given a great performance. I love that shot of the tunnel where you see a shadow run across the wall and then him. I love the music. I love it. I'm just saying it looks a little. It's, uh, yeah, incelly. it's not like, yeah. It looks a little incelly. We don't need uh, the narrative of a disturbed white man who kills a bunch of people. You right. know, it's not. We don't need. We don't need to hear their sob story right now. I don't think it's the time. I don't like if that. And again, it's just a teaser. But like, if if he goes on a date with that insanely hot actress from Atlanta, and then like she like you know friend zones him and then he becomes the joker (laughs) i i will lose my shit i have a like i have a theory that uh why people hate the jared leto joker so much do you remember seeing the jared leto joker i never watched that movie yeah you don't need to but that was like the batman avengers or whatever (laughs) yeah the batman avengers dude that's it that's it the suicide squad yeah batman avengers sounds (laughs) just as bad (laughs) suicide squad listen i got really stoned i watched suicide squad it was fine it wasn't great it was fine uh it's that that beautiful girl who is it cara cara you're not talking about maggie robinson or whatever maggie gyllenhaal what are you (laughs) no the one who played the blue and red haired girl pink and blue hair oh margo margo robbie or robbie Robbie, i don't know something no the uh no yeah she's fine she's fine oh you're talking about the chick that plays uh wonder woman no but she's also fine (laughs) okay gal gadot she's so uh this this is (laughs) women aaron likes we'll just go through the rest of them I think it's uh, Cara Kara something, but she's in it. Whatever. It was. I got high and it was fine. Uh, people hated the Joker though. They like hated him because he was so obnoxious, so cartoonish. I'm like, he's a fucking cartoon. <laughs> he's a clown. He's a he's yeah. He's a clown inside of a comic book. <laughs> what do you? That's a valid and interesting interpretation of the Joker. I felt like if we're making a movie in which we're featuring some of the, the, the comic book characters who throw boomerangs for a living, (laughs) there's one guy's superpower in that movie is he climbs. Well, (laughs) he can climb anything. And then you turn around and then he's like standing above you and he's like, told you. And you're like, what the fuck? Um, um, I thought that people didn't like his preparation to play the Joker because he was like sending other castmates bags of his shit. <laughs> yeah, that definitely sounds sounds shitty and was probably a misstep in the PR uh, to like release those stories. They sounded they did not turn people onto the movie, but like. And all in all, like this Joker was super obnoxious. He's got face tattoos. He's got obnoxious teeth, and and he's like over the top, and like people just hated him. 
I don't think it's that cr- like I think like if you not read how many different iterations of the Jokers there are in the comics like there's there's room for a Joker like that. I think that's fine. I think that's cool. The reason I think he was uh uh hated as much as he was is because there's a bunch of losers out there who identify with the Joker and they want the Joker to be tortured and cool and misunderstood and we live in a society and tight plants like they yeah. love Ledger's Joker because he's so cool and they love the look of Joaquin's Joker because he's so uh, tortured and misunderstood and cool and so then they get to feel cool about themselves right when you show them what they actually look like <laughs> well done mr leto they are all like oh i mean <laughs> i don't like it don't like it the dark the dark night though is just whoo i didn't i never liked the movie heat until i heard chris nolan say that uh, he modeled Dark Knight after Heat, and then I went back and rewatched it, and it was so much better to me. Did I ever see Heat? Is it long? Heat's kind of long. Is Heat's it like uh, two videos long? <gasps> I love two VHS videos, like the Titanic. I'd, uh, it might have been two. Am I thinking of Heat? I might be thinking of Casino. One of those was also like that's two- another long one. That's I don't remember the plots at all, but we were watching both are two video, two video gangster movies. I loved gangster movies in okay. the 90s and I'm watching it with my first husband. I guess technically heat is more cops and robbers than gangsters. Continue. I didn't want to be called out in the comments. I think it was Casino. Um, anyway, while we we're switching tapes, it's me, my dad and my first husband. So we're like. 20 mm-hmm. and my dad says yeah your mom got kidnapped by the mafia once what yeah uh, what so whichever movie has that sounds that sounds more like worst. casino casino i think that it sounds was more casino. like was that pesci or pacino is it the same yeah. actors de niro is in both of them okay but that's uh but then yeah pesci or pacino would be that are they wearing uh, like what year does it look like it's taken it's a guy i would have been watching this on tape in 90 seven or 98 okay i so. that sounds it, it, i don't know it could be either one either but i guess it I doesn't think, matter i think i re, i can't think of what the actress is from casino but i seem to remember her getting thrown into a car and stuff so yeah if i was get, if i was going to segue to a story about your mom being kidnapped by the mafia it would most likely happen during casino my dad just said it's so casual it was like i got up to change the tapes and then you know you just have that like change moment of processing and then my dad's like yeah your mom got kidnapped by the mafia <laughs> once and <laughs> and i woke up the next morning and my mom had been kidnapped by the mafia and they're like they're split right so at this point they've been split since i was little Mm-hmm. And um, he said that he had he didn't tell the story for ten years, and my mom ended up telling me and Dustin the story later um, over some weed. But apparently, something had happened where a friend of theirs in Delaware had just a room in his trailer filled with garbage bags filled with weed that he was doing some deal with some organized crime, whatever. That's a lot. A lot. It was a lot. And that when my dad walked in and saw it, my dad said, make sure Nana doesn't see this. Nana was my mom. And he... Nana was your mom? She is my mom. That was her name. Not just Nana now because she's a grandmother. It was Artie. Her nickname was Artie Nana. 
And uh, he said, because my mom like talked a lot and wanted to be involved all up in everything, which which resonated. Hmm. And so, um, dude, I'm serious. You can't like pour a bowl of cereal in Jess's house without Nana getting involved. <laughs> She'll show up. She'll be like, "Hey, what's up? Were you gonna be pouring some cereal? <laughs> you pouring some cereal? What's up with that? Two percent. You like two percent? You like two percent? <laughs> um. So the dude did it anyway. I think my mom was like hot and sexual when oh, she was shit. young and liked to party and you like 2%, um, huh? I think fucked a lot of my dad's friends also so this is like the r- relationship wasn't very good mm-hmm. and my dad's like from Delaware born and raised in Delaware he imported this bitch from Cal- California <laughs> and so he has like all these friends and at some point a week before this happens they're at a my dad played semi-professional baseball actually and um this Oh my God, I forget that. You tell this joke about semi-professional baseball players. Oh. And you forget that my dad also played it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That adds a whole nother level. Oh my God. So they're at one of these games and a guy calls my mom a whore. One of my dad's friends who's just trying to appeal to my dad that my that my mom is a piece of shit. And my dad is like, you can't talk about my wife like that. And he was like, dude, I'm trying to tell you he's fu- she's fucking your friends. And he's like, I, if you talk about my wife like that one more time, I'm going to punch you in the mouth. And he said, uh, you know, I'm your friend. I fucking care about you. She's a fucking whore or whatever. And my dad just knocks him out. <laughs> All right. So or he broke his jaw. That's what he did. He broke the dude's jaw. My dad's huge. I knew he had to do it to him. He did have to do it to him. Uh, so flash forward a week later, the weed thing, my dad sees the weed and I just imagine this scene where he's looking into this room and he says, whatever you do, do not let Nana see this. <laughs> and then flash forward a day later, the Nana's just sitting there rolling joints of this guy's like a garbage bag weed. Right. Cause uh. they're like, she's irresistible. And um then the next day somebody breaks in and however they broke into the trailer was crazy like cut the side of the trailer off or something like he comes home and the side of the trailer oh, is missing. i was just about to make a joke about how easy it would be to break into a trailer the entire window was, like, was gone do? the <laughs> door was it was something crazy it was something crazy they just took a saw saw to the end of a trailer yeah mm. i mean it wouldn't be hard right so you just cut the 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 fucking aluminum off the side of the it trailer. also wouldn't be hard to just like take the paper clip off the screen door <laughs> And walk through the front. <laughs> but I think if you're if you're showing up to steal an entire room full of weed, you got to be fast. Whatever. I can't remember that detail. I, I okay. can't. Believe, I should have had my dad tell it while we were there. So then, the mob shows up. The mob shows up, and they are in like a fancy RV where they are interrogating people parked in a motel parking lot. And <laughs> why does the mob have a mobile office? <laughs> For interrogating people. But what the f- They're like, you know how to, f- you want to know how to flex on the trailer park? Show up in an RV. They're like, hey, hey, you little poor bitches. So they're grabbing everyone. They're grabbing everyone from the scene. And then I think what my dad said. It's like a day, mobile blood bank. I love it. Uh, what they said the other day was something like my stepmom also, because my stepmom was friends with my mom. Um, that she had also gotten interviewed, but it, something was happening where my dad was coming home from work and I'm a baby or I'm like a okay. toddler and, and these people are in the house with me. And so finally at one point, or like I had gotten left at home while they took me or something crazy to where my dad was like, just trying to have a heart to heart with the guy. Like, listen, can we just stop this where my kid is? Is that possible? And so they started just taking my mom 
And my mom says, <laughs> "It's like cool." She's <laughs> like, "Could you please just stop making house visits?" And it's like, "All right, fine." For you, Tom, we'll kidnap her. My mom said they tried to fuck her. Like the guy tried to get her to fuck at some point, but that she could tell that if she would have fucked him, they would have killed her. That it was a test of some sort, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, and man. We all. I think most dudes are familiar with that test. <laughs> you know this uh we 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 see if she wants to fuck and if she says no we're like all right okay you know she's a good girl and if she does want to fuck we kill her what test what would that have proven um that she was a whore i don't know that she was uh loose morals i don't know i didn't really it's been mm. a long time since I've had either of them tell me this story, so I only remember it in chunks. But what I do remember is that at the end, they found out that uh, it was one of their own <gasps> that stole Twist. the weed. And I also remember that they one of the times they were interrogating my dad, they were like, what's with you breaking the jaw of so-and-so at a baseball game? Like they knew shit that happened before the fucking robbery even mm-hmm. happened and thought that it was somehow like this business deal plan going bad amongst these Delaware potheads when in reality it was like, oh, it's because he said my wife was a whore. Mm, and that's, that's what the test was. Yeah. That's what the test was. It was like... This guy, they interviewed that dude, and he was like, "No, nah, man, it was a fight about his wife being a whore." You need to see if and she's he said really he, a whore. And they punched me in the face, and they're like, "All right, we'll get to the bottom of this." Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, we have an RV at our disposal. <laughs> <laughs> but like, how long was she kidnapped for? It was just intermittent. I think uh, a day or two was the longest, but it happened multiple times. They must have just been going and asking different people different questions, and then they would have new questions. Mm. And I never heard anyone use intermittent as a description <laughs> of how long they had been kidnapped. <laughs> how long? How long were you kidnapped for? Intermittent. <laughs> Intermittently kidnapped. Um, I wanted to give a quick update on my mental health in four minutes. Oh. Go for it. Uh, We did the snow globe episode and the attachment episode. And if either of those resonated with you, I strongly recommend researching this stuff and doing this in the, the love me, don't leave me book. It talks about thought labeling and I, it has been life changing for me where now when I'm having thoughts, I'm like uh, labeling them. Like this is my thought that I'm, worthless this is my thought that I'm unwanted and it has become these experiences that were very triggering for me and I didn't know why they were triggering and why they were causing all this anxiety and stuff now I feel like I have a a a blueprint of what makes me tick and I have had some stuff recently just like exhausted on the road uh being uh bitchy or irrational in my mind but I I also had a lot of conscious thoughts where it was like, this is probably you being bitchy or irrational or feeling triggered or whatever. I'd like, I I felt like I had so much more control over my thoughts and I feel like I'm so much more tuned into uh, thoughts are not facts that they're just in the book. It describes them as popping up like popcorn and that none of them are fact. They're just thoughts and there's a million of them in your head every single day and not attaching to them like they're facts. But the snow globe thing 
has been, it was happening so much. It was happening so frequently and it still happens, but I feel like I can look around and be like, this is a snow globe experience. Um, and I, it's been huge. It's been a big help. It's not over, but I feel like my awareness of it is, is helping and the attachment stuff has been so different, so different after learning everything about it and labeling it and then having that language with you and then just watching like triggers and everything else. It's gotten to the point where I'm not feeling activated almost immediately after finding out about it. I felt super activated all the time. And now when I get activated, it's just like having a headache. It's like, Oh, I'm activated right now. Um, ignore everything that happens. Yeah. Ride the wave. And it doesn't have this detrimental effect. I can just kind of ignore everything that's happening and know that it's happening through the filter of activation and also having that language with you and other people that are close to me and being able to communicate it. It really does just feel like I'm getting all of this, um, this map, this map to what actually makes me tick and the, the stuff about the snow globe stuff about feeling unwanted and realizing how many things in my life from getting change at the grocery store. The second I am handed my change at the grocery store, I flail out, I flail out inside and it's because I feel unwanted in that moment because the next person wants to come up and the cashier is done with me and I never put my money back in my wallet. I always just shove it somewhere because I feel unwanted and I'm having the anxiety of a child whose mother doesn't want her in that moment, in that minute it would take me to put my stuff back. And I have found that so many like um, situations we have revisited the funny greyhound story the funny greyhound story where I freak out and make us get off of the greyhound I, I was telling it. that story recently and it's a funny story but in reality I was losing my mind like I tell the story like it's funny but in reality I was losing my mind and the trigger to that was I sat down next to someone who didn't want to sit next to me and I said hi to him and he just rolled his eyes and I was when I panic and run up to the front of the bus and can't get off the bus and then don't even recognize the driver and everything else. I just thought that was just me flailing. But then later I'm telling the story to someone after doing something similar in line at a restaurant with uh, Brian and I'm telling him that story. And then I was like, Oh my God, I felt unwanted. I felt unwanted by the guy sitting next to me. And then I'm just fight or flight or flight or freeze for me I just needed to fucking escape and freaked the fuck out and so it's been a very interesting learning what your core fear is learning what triggers it and learning that the snow globe effect like I'm not reacting to the guy on the bus I'm reacting to my mom not wanting me I'm not reacting to a look that you give me or you seeming slightly irritated with me I'm reacting to my mom not wanting me when I was a kid and so I'm reacting to these memories but I don't it's everything's blown the fuck out of proportion because I'm I'm physically that's what it feels like that's the that's the the projection that I'm having is because that's how it, it feels that fucking intense to me and learning that and just kind of starting to observe that and figure it out I feel like in six months this will be a memory this will be a memory because I will have identified it so many times in the moment so I just wanted to say that there's a lot of people who really 
you know, movies. Oh, she stumbles on the dismount. That was so fire. <laughs> it was so good. And then you just mumble. And, you know, and, 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 or whatever. And, and in conclusion, like I did, wasn't really that serious about it. It was just like a cool... She's like, I don't even know why I share that. It was just a <laughs> uh, uh, dumb thought. <laughs> oh, Jessa Reed, fight or flail. Uh, <laughs> oh my God, how have I never thought I don't of that? Know. I don't know. Fuck. I don't know. You're welcome. Yeah, You're welcome. That's a good thank one. You. Episode uh, title. <laughs> Uh, we got to get ready for our show. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, join our Patreon. Rate us. Subscribe us. Uh, sh- tell your friends about us and come see our shows sometime. And goodbye. If you put a Mormon and a Methodist together, this is what they sound like. Aaron would all and just read our friends. Listen to them talking to Mike. It's a good show. And now a word from our sponsors. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do another one. I wanna okay. do this one though. Okay. You don't say don't say anything. <laughs> Jessa, shut up. It's time for a word from our sponsors. The future. So cool, right? All of those amazing new innovations that are going to make life even better. Like, wouldn't it be great to have a car that changes color to match your mood? Oh, wait. Even better. Your outfit. Buick is thinking about the future every single day. A future built around you. With super smart Buick EVs that can make your life even better. And it's all out there waiting. So let's go to the future together. Join us at buick.com slash future.